Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello and welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. My name is Kaylee and thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Today we are joined by special guest Lori Shanger. Lori Shenyer. I think I got it. Okay. Lori is a certified hypnotherapist, dementia specialist, author, and NLP practitioner who is dedicated to leading by inspiration. So I'm very excited to have you here today, Lori. And it sounds like you are a woman of many talents and lots of knowledge and insight. So I'm very excited for you to share this with our listeners today. Um, Just to get started, Lori, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to the work that you specifically do today? Yeah. Hi, Kaylee. It's good to be here on your podcast. Excited to talk about having a wealthy mind and how that can change your whole outlook. Um, We often think about poverty only as being an outside circumstance, but we have a poverty of the mindset, right? And so basically, my mindset came from my childhood narrative where most of our mindsets actually start, right? Um, So I grew up um, with a lot of poverty, um, a lot of abuse, isolation, addictions, and that was my external environment, right? So those circumstances, what they do is they create a negative feedback loop. And so what we do is we create that time over and over again, excuse me. So, Events can have a very strong impact. So if you think about um, the scaling question that they ask, you know, if is this event significant and how would you rate it on a scale of zero being nothing and 10 to being, you know, the worst case scenario, um, what have you. Um, I was sexually abused around 11 years old. And so that left a strong imprint, of course, on my mind, right? And from that, I lived my life small. Um, so I became the passenger in, in my own life. Instead of learning how to drive my life forward, I just sat in the back seat, if that makes sense, right? And so basically, all of this came to me and made me realize that I was the abuser of myself by having an unhealthy thought pattern. And I used to think, you know, I'm just going to read self-help books and my life will change. But I didn't realize that there was more to it than just the reading. And then I, you know, found different modalities to practice. Um, as you had mentioned, hypnotherapy and NLP, uh, Qigong, which is, if you haven't not familiar with Qigong, if you know about Tai Chi, there's a similarity to that. So it's a meditative practice practice that helps the energy flow through your body and it has a healing component to it. 
um, as well as Heikomi, which is a mind-body recognition. So you're able to realize that patterns of thought are correlated to pains in your body, um, which I found really interesting. So after I started studying those modalities and being able to use it on myself, I really cleared up my life a lot. And, you know, life just changed drastically for me in a good way. I love that. Thank you. And yeah, for sharing too, obviously being vulnerable and sharing, you know, some of the the situations that led to it, like the, the struggles and the, the traumatic experiences that you went through. And, and like you said, it does cause an imprint in a big effect on our lives, but for you to find all these modalities to work with and, and use, and yeah, not just necessarily one, but a variety of them, obviously that have worked for you. And, and then for doing, for doing what you're doing now and sharing it with other people, that's amazing. Such a gift because, um, yeah, so much of, of us aren't aware of it. Like you said, we read the self-help books and, and think it's just going to magically fix things. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I try to do more though, but, um, I love that. Yeah. You call yourself. So you, you mentioned we were on our first chat on the phone. Um, you call yourself a hostage negotiator of the mindset. So can you explain more about what you mean by that? Yeah, it's something that I open my speeches with because the mind is generally our inner critic instead of our inner coach, right? And what NLP does is it helps you recognize unhealthy patterns of speech and change them into healthy patterns because whatever we're thinking about in the mind becomes an action step and the behavior follows through. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So what you're saying, the mind is responding to and putting a behavior out there. And so that's where the programming is. A lot of people hear the word programming and they think, well, nobody's gonna have control over my mind. You know, and same with hypnotherapy, there's been such a bad rap with it, thanks to some not good Hollywood versions (laughs) of movies. And, you know, mixing it up with, with mind control, but we've already given away our mind. And when you think about it, any thought that you have or any habit is a thought that has been done repetitiously, right? And so most of the thoughts that we have about ourselves don't really belong to us anyway. And when you stop and think about that and you think, let's say you have a thought of like, oh, I weigh too much. Where in your life did you hear that coming from? It's somebody else's baggage that we adopt. So really what hypnotherapy also does is it clears away all of those um, thoughts that are not yours. I call them the hijackers. And what's left are your core belief systems, right? Because as a child, we don't, you know, a little baby there isn't thinking, oh, I'm ugly and too fat, right? But they become conditioned over time And it's by people who mean well, right? We're not meaning any harm when we're talking to our kids, but we don't realize sometimes of what we're saying. So with a hostage negotiator, I really became cognizant of what I was telling myself over and over, and I learned how to change it. And some of it are are just very simple, simple steps of reframing your sentences. Um, so, for example, and you may have heard this one, it's the most common word, 
um, the word impossible with an apostrophe in the right place becomes I'm possible. Right? And so the mind hears that and it starts having you do things that makes your goals possible. Make sense? Um, another way that I negotiate with my mind is, you know, like this year during the pandemic, people will say, um, well, I can't go anywhere, period. But if we change that period to a comma, it buys you some time. It's a mental pause break to get back on top of how you're feeling. So I can't go anywhere, comma, but I can go in my backyard. I can walk to another room, right? And it just gives you that mental kind of pause break. And the one that I like the most is often in, you know, all of the new books, they say, be forgiving. And people don't really know how to do that because something, uh, you know, an experience has really happened to them and it really hurts them. And it's like, how do I forgive that person? Well, this is a trick to help your mind do that. If you put um, quotation marks around the word for in forgiving and then put a dash between the words for and giving, you change the, the structure of the sentence. It now becomes, I'm for giving. I'm for giving away the experiences that no longer serve me, right? I'm about for um, giving away the emotions that I no longer need. I'm about for giving myself or staying attached to the negative for so long. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. So it's like you're making new like punctuation with your with your internal dialogue and changing. Right? I love it. Yeah, like small Certainly, changes. They're just little things that you need to do in order to, you know, be in the driver's seat again of your life. And we don't realize how easy it is. And we don't realize the language of our habits and how it has put us up to live small instead of allowed us to expand ourselves, right? Yeah, I love it. Just this simple, like, comma, like you said, instead of making these sentences as like, I can't do this or because of this, then now this won't happen. And, and just having these like, yeah, that it's just the end and this is the way it is. You put a comma and then it's that you add room for the possibility, right. Of what, what right. else or what could be, or what's next or what. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. The other quick little thing that you can do with sentences is at the, at the end, you can add up until now. So I don't have enough money or I never have enough money. And sometimes people have that money lack story. Yeah. So I've never had enough money, comma, up until now. Yeah. Right? And already there's a sense of hope and possibility. It's like, oh, okay. Right. So now it's good. And it helps you reframe that wherever we're at in our life, we are okay for today. And if we are thinking too far into the future and trying to build a goal, often what happens with that goal is it's come from the past and we haven't cleared up the past stories and you know the paradigms that those events have caused within us. So we're just trying to recreate the future from the past, but we have to step into the present moment and say, okay, wait a minute. How much of this extra baggage, these thoughts, these hijackers are not mine and I'm tired of carrying them around. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'm working on writing a book and I have a chapter in it about, 
about that money mindset and money messages and where we pick them up because we do have so much like in our head playing about money I think and finances and and so much of it like you said it's picked up when we're children and what we're hearing our parents say about money and people around them say about money so if you grew up in poverty like I did um, Mm -hmm. as well it's you know, it was that lack and there is never enough. And you're hearing it from, you know, I was hearing it from my mom and, and other people in our circle. And so it was okay that these were the beliefs I held on to about money. And I, I kept them and I still have to like work on them or write things down sometimes in journal about, you know, what's coming up just to see what that is playing. Cause like one I was thinking about just recently was the idea of you have to you have to work really hard for money. Like it's very hard to get money and it's, it's very hard. So how could I, like, what could I do to shift that? Cause I grew up seeing my mom work really hard and she at one time had five jobs. And so how do I kind of reprogram that or or rephrase that? Because that's your mom's story and you don't have to buy into that narrative. So you have to decide, you know what, I need to stop abusing myself and I need to take ownership of my story, right? So my mom's story was, I don't have enough money, but then you can look around in your house and say, the money today that I have has brought me this. And you start looking at each object, right? And say, look at what I'm grateful for in my life that money has brought to me. Yeah. Right. So that that's one of the ways is really focusing on what you're focusing on every day. And, you know, the mind is a muscle and we have to use it and exercise it right. You know, it's just like any other muscle in the body. If we don't warm up and if we don't use that muscle all the time, it creates aches and pains. So if you're not really thinking and using your mind, the aches and pains that you get in your life are what is created through old paradigms. Okay. That makes sense. I love that. Okay. So looking into my story and what is my story and what you said there too, it's even that piece of gratitude looking around for what you have and what I've achieved. And yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. You could even say something like, I'm so happy and grateful that my mom shared me a story so that I could move beyond it. Ah, I love that. Right. So it's using the gratitude. You know, I'm so happy and grateful that I had the capability to take my mom's story into positivity. Yeah. Yeah. And And that it also helps you be able to have that love and appreciation for your mom in case resentments came up at some time like geez I why did she tell me that I'm still stuck right and then it makes it softer for wow you know what a great learning experience that my family gave me because this is who they knew and so their learning was also my teaching yeah I love that what would you say then because if we for anyone listening that has children Um, so all the parents out there, I know, like you're saying, we, we pick up on so much of this when we're kids and what we're hearing, how can we be mindful of this or intentional with our words as parents? Like I have a six-year-old daughter, so it's making me think, okay, if I can, you know, make sure 
when I'm saying things, I'm saying them in a way too, that her brain, how she's taking it and processing it, that I'm not giving her those, those statements of like, you can't, and, and this is impossible or, or those ones. Like I, of course, for my daughter, I want her to do whatever she wants to do and live her best life. So right. um, yeah. How can I make sure that in conversations as a parent with our children that we're doing this as well, integrating it? Well, and, and that's that's a good question because as parents, we don't intentionally, you know, want to harm our children. We don't no. think that we are when we're talking about them, right? We're just doing what we know. So one word that I like to use is curious, right? So if a child says like, well, I'm going to be, I don't know, an astronaut. And maybe as a parental response, it's like, oh, okay. And you kind of laugh, right? Well, I'm really curious. Tell me more about what that means for you. Yeah. Right. And then they get to talk and they get to have make belief and you get to, you get to, you know, help shape them. You can even say, well, I'm really curious. How long do you think it's going to take you? Like if they're an older person, I'm really curious. Is there anything else that you would want to do? Right. And so therefore you're helping them think you're not telling them that you should or you shouldn't, which I also refer to as the hijackers. But then you can also ask your kids if you have said something, then you feel like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have worded that way. Ask them what they've heard. Say, you know what? I'm really curious how you thought about what mom just said right now. Right? Get their dialogue going and, and have them understand that, oh, hmm, maybe I can reframe it to mom, right? Because lots of times these words that I use are things that we already use in our life and we just don't know that there was a label for it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. So yeah, curious, being curious. Yeah. Does that work the same? Because now my mind's going and I'm like, okay, what about, <laughs> you know, like friends or colleagues that come to us for, I mean, I guess maybe advice, right? Like if it's a good friend or something that's going through a situation and, um, yeah, not wanting to be the hijacker and, and impact or, or tell people what to do. We want to be that listening ear, but if there is a advice element, how can we do that as well in, in that conversation? Yeah. The word curious works there as well. It's like, well, I'm really curious to understand more about that. I'm really curious how you came to that conclusion about it. Right? Doesn't that already feel softer? And then they'll talk more and then you have more of an insight as to how you can help them with their internal dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. I love right? that. Yeah, you're right. I love it. I like to say that there are um, four G's to growth. Okay. So um, giving away, which is similar to what I've already talked to, where you are looking at the places within yourself where you hold on to stuff, right? And so all thoughts equate into, you know, there's a cellular response to it. So if I have a pain in my body through using NLP, I will be able to know what thought corresponds with that pain. And any listeners who are familiar with Louise Hay um, and her positive affirmations will have some kind of ideas to what I'm talking about. So look at the story attached to whatever you're telling and give it away, right? Because it's often not a very good story, okay? 
Um, the other one is giving up. So give up the patterns of consciousness that you have. Release your thoughts like around judgment, right? So give up um, those kinds of thoughts and say, wait a minute, that sounds like I'm making a judgment call. I need to be curious about my own life and where it's going. And then um, giving in, um, give in to the new you. Allow yourselves to um, feel that crack in the shell, right? So often people will say, well, I'm falling apart. But no, you're falling together because you need all of those old experiences and paradigms and narratives to shift away so that in the middle is you, the diamond that's shining, and you get to rebuild yourself. And then give thanks. So um, I always like to be grateful about everything. And so be grateful for whatever comes into your life for the experiences because an experience is just an experience until we assign a negative or a positive to it. Um, other than that, if you look at anything in your life, they were just events and experiences, but we decided how much they were gonna weigh. So is there a gift in the experience and teach your mind and your brain to automatically, well, what was the gift in that for me? And then I'm really happy and grateful that I had the opportunity to practice patience or whatever it might be. Yeah, I love those. Thank you for sharing those. Those are awesome. Um, what about with this NLP then kind of just where we're at right now, like obviously uh, here in Canada, we're still, you know, really in, in lockdowns or, you know, we're going through a global pandemic still. And I mean, it's over a year now going and I don't know, I think it's like people are, it's, it's, I'm like trying to pick my words now. Cause I'm like, I gotta be mindful of these words I'm using, but it's, it's been a lot, um, this past year plus for everyone. And I think it's, it's kind of really pushed us to our, our limits of uh, whether it be patience or, or whatnot, but it's like, is there things that you're seeing right now with what we're going through that, that maybe can help people like maybe where our minds are going and how we can kind of reframe some of this because it feels like a never ending scenario. I probably shouldn't say that either, but <laughs> um, is there a different way for us to reframe or how we're going through what we're going through right now? Well, as I listen to you talk, <laughs> and that's one of the things that you do when you're trained in this is that we're not necessarily pushed to our limits, we're pushed to our expansion. Because okay. look at how many people are you know, recognizing that, wow, I get to, you know, stay home and be with my kids and I get to, you know, have that excitement and watch them grow and learn and how many people are recreating themselves and looking at the strengths and what they have to form a new career or a side business, right? Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we do is we tend to, you know, in something as big of a crisis as this, is we looked at, we look at it collectively. Okay, but you don't always have to buy into the collective mindset where it's the, you know, many people will say, well, it's the worst year ever, right? But was that true for you? Was it your worst year? And, you know, what are some good things that happened to you within the year? 
and really start looking at it like that. And, and yes, you know, there's many people that have lost a job and they've experienced COVID and they've been sick. So, you know, I'm not negating that. I'm just saying, is that your consciousness or is that the collective consciousness, right? And again, it just helps you to be able to get into a better pocket of vibration that's yours so that you can, you know, manage what is happening in the world a little bit better. You can ask yourself um, four different questions when you have a thought that comes up like that. So is this true? Is this thought true for me today? Because maybe you had that thought and it was part of your old narrative and you don't even realize you've changed. Um, how do I feel about the thought? Like ask yourself, like, you know what, it's not a very good thought. Why am I thinking this for an hour? You know, set a timer, you know, go to your stove and set a timer. Okay, and when it goes bang, I'm done with that thought and replace it. Like, how would I feel if I didn't have that thought? Well, I could go and do things. I wouldn't be getting a headache. I wouldn't be stressing. And then what is the opposite of that thought? Well, there are some good things happening, you know? What, and I'm referring to your scenario when you said, you know, in this pandemic, there are lots of things happening. Yes, that's true, but you have to redefine it. How is it helping you in your world, right? And I've even come to look at situations in my life that, you know, someone might say, well, you know, that wasn't very good, but I learned a lot from it. I learned, I took the lesson and I let the rest go. Right. And if I try to find that part of the story, um, my life gets a lot better. I love that. I love that collective part that you described like that really resonated with me because you're it's right for me. I have had a lot of personal growth and a lot of yeah experiences that I never thought I would have in my business is changed for a very positive in a very positive way like I've managed to you know find get clients from all over Canada and the United States and that wasn't as I didn't have the the belief that that was possible before this because I was very much focused on being where I am and you have to you know find people locally in my city and then this happened and we're working from home and um, we're on we're all virtual and so it's absolutely changed my business so knowing that yeah, I don't have to give in to the collective. I can look really, you know, on my experience and what it has meant and what it has brought and, and have that be where my focus is. Yeah, exactly. And when you're, when you're shifting back from the collectiveness and you're finding peace and gratitude, then offer that as a collective story and vibration to everybody else, right? Because we all need to feel, and if it's true that, you know, thoughts are energy, why not then send that out to the world, your own gratitude and love and peace. And if people can't accept it, then that is what comes back to you. But if we give out fear and, you know, we see the neighbor and we're coming from a fearful state, then that is what they're going to have in their world, right? So if we really learn to step back, because nature doesn't create itself from the outside in, and neither do we. We have to create our, our life and how we feel from the inside and have that be our outer world. Does that make sense? Yeah. So send love and gratitude and then we'll get some more of it. I like it. I love it. <laughs> um, 
what would you suggest? Like, what are good practices for people to get into when they're getting started with this? Like really starting to recognize, oh, wow, I didn't, you know, realize I had this story or this paradigm or this thought. Is it like a matter of, um, you know, journaling? Is it meditation? Like, what are some strategies that, that are going to get people in a spot where they're able to start to recognize and see these things? Well, journaling is, is great and really being aware, like set aside an hour of your day and think about all the thoughts that you've had during that one hour, right? And for every negative thought that came up, do those four questions that I asked, right? Ask yourself, you know, what is my goal? What is a reachable goal that I could have? And then listen to how the mind makes you uncomfortable, right? Because often if we are feeling uncomfortable, it's a signal that we are ready to step out of growth. So learn how to be comfortable with your own uncomfortableness. Does that make sense? And and then, yeah, and then we need movement in our life. Um, And that's one of the things we can have a thought. But when you think about it, the, the thought sits in your mind. Yes? Yeah. So if you get up and move with that thought, you are creating the law of circulation. It gets to flow through in your body, right? So if you like yoga or Qigong, which is I'm a Qigong facilitator or Tai Chi, you're just walking, right? It gets it all through your body so that we are interconnected, mind, body, soul, and spirit. Does that make sense? But if you just sit there and have a thought, it kind of stagnates. It's got nowhere to go. right? So walk and have movement. Yeah. And that'll help. Okay. I love that. That's a really good idea. Um, So let's get moving. Shifting gears a little bit. Can you, so I, as I mentioned, you're also an author. Can you tell us listeners a little bit about the work you do um, with your writing and and the books you published and um, expand a little bit on that as well? Sure. Well, the first children's book that I wrote is called D is for Dementia. And I wanted to write a book for kids to keep them connected in a disease that keeps people disconnected, right? The families get disconnected. We don't know what to say to our children. We don't feel that they can handle something. And so this story, it's a very simple read. And I compare... dementia, sorry, to a traffic light, because that's a universal symbol. And I use the red, green, and and yellow of the lights to show how um, a person with dementia gets their thoughts mixed up, their signals mixed up. So that's kind of the essence of that book. And then the last page in that book there's a song that you can sing to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle Little Stars. And it helps, um, again, do something that a person with dementia or Alzheimer's will be able to recognize because music is the only portion of the brain that is not affected through Alzheimer's or dementia. So there's a musical song. So kids could sing it, it could be recorded. You could leave it with um, the staff at at the nursing home or wherever they might be, and it keeps them connected. And I've had a lot of feedback from that book, even for older children. It was written for kids maybe six, seven, eight, but some older children have read it and go, oh, 
Well, that's what it is. And they just need that peace of mind. They need to be able to attach this word to something, right? And it keeps them connected. And then it's like, okay, well, now I kind of get it. And I understand it. Um, one of the things with hypnotherapy is you can keep taking add-ons and you can keep learning. So I studied with um, Dr. Daniel Nightingale, and he is um, a clinical hypnotherapist and a doctor in England. And him and his wife are both hypnotherapists and currently living in Arizona now. And so he um, taught me how to be able to use relaxation um, techniques with people with dementia to help relax them, to be able to get into their story because often you know they're in a time of their life that you don't recognize. And so then they have this felt sense of being hurt and that calms them down enough to be able to do their daily living skills. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. So what brought you second- in? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No. Oh, no, you expand. Go ahead. Well, the second book is uh, called I Know a Secret, and that should be ready this month. And it's based on the story of I am being two powerful words and whatever you say after that defines who you are. So it's a a little book about a little boy who's going around telling everybody, I know this secret. And, you know, as it turns out, the secret is that you you as as a person have the power and gift within you to change your life. And so that's kind of how that goes. Oh, I love that. So I guess that's like a message for us too, right? We can all use that. So the power of I am. Right. And what comes next? Yeah. Well, you know, think about how we say, oh, I'm so tired. And then how do you feel by the end of the day, right? Tired. <laughs> right. But we, we don't allow ourselves to say, I am so motivated. I am so gifted. I am so blessed. But we set ourselves up to kind of be lazy in our thoughts sometimes. Oh, I'm so tired. I'm so bored. I'm so tired of all of this stuff. And then, you know, we do things to match how we're speaking. Yeah, I love that. Very powerful. So saying I am and what comes next is very important. So we need to remember that. I love (laughs) it. It defines who you are at any moment, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, I guess to be mindful of time, is there anything else that maybe we didn't touch on that you want to leave listeners with um, before we wrap up or any tips or Uh, anything like that? Well, I don't know exactly how much time you have. I could do a short um, meditation that helps people release stress or helps them to control some stress. Do we have some time for that? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right. So I would like you as listeners to think about something in your life that is kind of annoying you, okay? And when you think about it upon that scale that I talked about earlier between zero and five, let's find something that's maybe a three. So something like I haven't paid a bill for a while. It's usually a good one. Okay, so I just want you to think about that for a few minutes and let it resonate in your body, okay? Now I want you to close your eyes and take a few really deep breaths into the nose and out through the mouth. And I want you to think about a time in your life 
that brought you great, great joy and happiness, really brought a smile to your face. And I want you to smell what you smelt at that time. You're going to recreate this vision. What were, you, what were the colors that you saw? What were you wearing? What was being told to you? Was there a breeze? Were you inside? Were you outside? And just totally allow yourself to step into that experience. And just sit with that for a bit and breathe in and just allow yourself to remember everything about that moment that brought you great joy, peace, or happiness. And when you think you have been in that moment for long enough, I want you to take your, your index finger and your thumb of both hands and put it Put them together so that you're making the okay sign. Because this is going to um, lock in that experience for us. So you've done that, yes. You've thought about that experience, you've locked it in, you've made the okay sign with your index finger and your thumb of both hands. So now you can open your eyes, you can let go of your thumb and forefingers, so open it up. Now I want you to go back to that experience that you had that was uncomfortable for you. It was about a three on the scale. Think about that and immediately when you think about it, put your thumb and your index finger together again. And you should have stopped the vibration of that stress. I love it. I was doing okay. it. I was doing it along with you. It feels good. <laughs> and those are, you know, you can do that when you're walking. You can do that, you know, when you're driving, right? And, and it just stops. It, it breaks that pattern. And it allows you to have a few minutes to breathe and to reassess your situation, reframe and go, okay, things aren't as bad as what I thought they were, comma. I know a lot of people that can help me, period. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you so much, Lori. This is great. I love it. So many good gems and ideas for people to start doing right now. And very, yeah, very like manageable, easy. We can all do this stuff. It's not, it's not yeah. a big task to do or a job, just creating it, a period in your mind involved. or a comma. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. you just have to start thinking about what you're doing, right? And this is something you can involve your kids in when you're listening to their statements. Yeah. Right. You can make a game out of it. Yes. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Lori. Thank you. Um, I, I love it. I, I know the listeners are going to love this episode. Good. Thank you. Thank you for your time. And thank you for everyone for joining today. And we will catch you next time. Thank you so much, Lori. All right. Great. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much. And I will catch you next time.